Thanks for listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Our podcast has tripled in growth over the last year, and we'd like to say thank you. It's because of you. We're growing. The great thing about the podcast is that we're able to cover some edgy topics and discuss them in a very real way without having to worry about advertisers. To keep it this way and to keep it growing, we're asking you, our loyal subscribers, to give. Give at least about $5 a month minimum. Become a Patreon supporter of GP3. We will shout you out and include you in upcoming monthly e-blast. And there's more to come. At least $5. That's barely, what, giving up two gallons of gas a month? Go to our podcast page and sign up click the link to support our podcast you can do it here's the show we three from gp ran to tommy b broadcasting live on your frequency giving you updates on these georgia streets these are voices for the people that don't get to speak Issues, black news, the conversation's deep Shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat iPods, Androids, or your laptop These boys swinging for the fence, saying lie Then came a long way from being homies on the block From afros and braids and now they at the top You want facts? This is where I get them from GP3RTT at gmail.com Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response I gotta go now, the show starts in 3, 2, 1 Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. GP3 Homies from the Block. And now here's Ran and Tommy B. GP3 Homies from the Block. Hey, what's up, y'all? GP3 round 123. Another fun-filled week, man. That's all I got to say. Ran is in the house. Ran, how you doing? How you doing? Just a a, a busy week, man. Um, we're gonna cover. Take a shot at covering the the, the Kaepernick uh, settlement. Just happened, uh, I guess, yesterday. A couple of days ago, within the past day and a half, settling out of court with the NFL. Uh, another R. Kelly sex tape. Um, uh, this Jesse Smollett thing is, I don't know where it is. It's kind of spiraling out of control and um, and a whole lot more. Hey, man, but but before we get into all that, um, go ahead and hook folks up with the GP3 story, man. Uh, GP3 stands for Grove Park 3. Uh, started by three uh, college, I mean, uh, elementary school classmates from the Grove Park community in Atlanta, Georgia. Went to Grove Park Elementary School. My name is Rand. I live on South Elizabeth Place. And a member who's, who's retired from the show, Tut, he grew up on Charlotte Place. And Tommy, where did you grow up? North Avenue. So, hey, man, um, go ahead and kick your shout outs, man. What you got this week? Oh, man, today is a uh, today is like birthday day, man, for uh, Black History Month, man. Oh, uh, born on this day today is Marian Anderson, Jim Brown, Mary Frances Berry, U.P. Newton, Michael Jordan and the great Ronnie DeVoe. Wow. <laughs> Ronnie. Is Ronnie in the and ATL, then, by the way? Is Ronnie ATL? Well, well, last time I heard he was. I mean, he has a, a realtor, yeah. realty company here. Yeah. Um, so. Selling homes and stuff. Um, also, tomorrow is uh, Tony Morrison's and Dr. Dre's birthday. Wow. Okay. Tony Morrison, uh, what book? Famous book. Beloved. That's it. Scary. Love it. Uh, Scary. So, movie. Um, Crazy movie. Mm. Yeah. Couple things. Um, the NBA is going to co-launch a professional basketball league with FIBA in uh, in Africa. And uh, President, uh, former President Obama, is going to be involved, uh, be directly involved with this. Um, they're going to have um, twelve teams 
no one country can have more than two teams. So right now they're going through the process. It's supposed to launch next January. Excellent. Um, that's going to be a phenomenal thing when you consider the number of um, African players that are now in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see it being a great uh, developmental ground, almost like a G League um, mm-hmm. for the NBA mm-hmm. in terms of identifying spotting talent. On Tuesday, North Carolina, uh, the Alabama of, the, of, the, of our generation, <laughs> appointed uh, Sherry Beasley to be the first chief justice of the state Supreme Court. Okay. Uh, she's, so she will be the first black woman to hold that position. Wow. So, um, you know, uh, we still make small strides, but we got to make larger strides, though. So congratulations to Ms. Beasley. Yeah, pretty progressive uh, for North Carolina, though. Yeah, pretty progressive. Um, I was uh, reading an article in the Washington Post this past week about these three brothers out of D.C. I, uh, please forgive me if I mispronounced their name. Their last name is Branchno. And they have launched a candle business that will be featured in Macy's. These kids launched this business. Um, the ages range from um, 10 to thir- 8 to 13. Wow. And uh, they launched this business because they wanted to, um, you know, they, they wanted to afford Nerf, buy Nerf guns and video games. But more importantly, they want to help raise money to combat homelessness in the district. So 10% of their um uh, proceeds uh, will be given to uh, the homeless community in D.C. So um, it's a great story to hear about three young brothers, uh, again, doing something that's, um, I would say, that's not, uh, that is that is unique to our community. And to, they launched a candle business. And this is going to be, uh, I think, plant-based um, candles like that. And so, again, um, young brothers uh, finding something to do. Uh, not afraid stepping out and doing something unique. So more kudos to them. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, um, you know, shout out to the to the young guys, young brothers in Chocolate City, man, doing it big. Uh, candles, always, always a need for candles. Good stuff. Anything else? You got anything else? That's it, man. Good, good stuff. Hey, man, um, I hope you, I don't know if you had a chance to see, uh, I check out the Sunday shows and uh, Dion Warwick was on uh, CBS this morning and... I'll be I'll be interviewing her this week. Um, I'll actually um, uh, interview her for our You Need to Know podcast. Excited about it, man. Grew up on the music and uh, it was a good interview. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. Um, I haven't seen it, man, but she, yeah. she definitely is. a. I consider her an unsung legend. Oh, man. I mean, you look at she is only second to um, Aretha Franklin in terms of um, charted you know, top 100 songs, you know, and um, almost 60 years, man, in terms of um, her, her influence in, in the music industry. Um, yeah, yeah you know, she, her problem was, I'm not going to say it's a problem, was that she came up during a period where there were so many great um, uh, soul singers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that she got easily overlooked because some of these women had such signature songs mm-hmm. yeah. that eclipsed hers. But she was... Um, She's like that baseball player that bats 300, man, you know, that doesn't lead the league in home runs, doesn't lead the league in, in runs, anything like that, but just consistent. Mm-hmm. Consistent. And but you know what, man, the, the thing about um, Dion, Miss Warwick, uh, is one major thing that she never allowed music to put her in a box. You know, when it came down to putting her in a category, even though she was more pop, maybe than than like soul, soul down you know, like an Aretha or a Gladys Knight, um, 
you know, she never allowed people to put her in a box because her music was pretty, I mean, it was, for the most part, it was global, you know. Um, and um, the other thing is, man, if you look at, look at the producers she worked with, um, you know, when you look at Backrack and Hal David and, you know, even looking at the fact that when she, you know, the big comeback album, we were in high school with uh, Deja Vu and um, what was the other song? I know I'll, I'll never love this way again. Uh, those two big songs, man, uh, that album was produced by Barry Manilow and Deja Vu was produced by Isaac Hayes. So she she always had killer producers, man, uh, through all her, you know, her career. And, and you know, so and you know how it is sometimes I think when, when the producers kind of you go from producers to producers, not that she's not a, a weak vocalist because she's a hell of a singer. But uh, the producers, she it was she was kind of the producer's voice. You know, um, and and it, it was a good interview, man. I don't know if y'all tape CBS Sunday Morning, um, but uh, if you don't, I'm sure they're going to have it online. Uh, good interview, and I'm looking forward to talking to her this week, man. Uh, and and I agree with you 100%. Hell of a talent. Um, when people start talking about female vocalists, they always go to Beyonce and you know some of the uh, contemporaries, man. But she deserves to be up there, even up there, you know, with uh, or she is up there stats wise. But when it comes down to singers. You know, she deserves to be in the top five easily, easily in the top five. Another thing, man, I want to I want to shout out the folks, man. We did some upgrades to the website. want to say thanks to people who listen to the show, who contributed and helped uh, upgrade, do some upgrades to the website. Keep it going for another year. Uh, so Castropolis.net lives to fight another day with some changes and kudos. And thank you to the folks who who went on and, and, and uh, gave us something to take care of that. And I appreciate it so very, very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, with that, man, um, I do want to get into one thing. And, and you've been talking, I think we may have bought this up on an earlier podcast. Uh, but the um, I, I want to call it Black History Month because the Senate passed a bill that, that makes lynching a federal crime. Can you believe that? Like in 2019, you know, um, so so I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I, Rand, did you hear anything about that this week? No, man, I didn't hear anything about it, man. I'm surprised that Tim Scott voted for it. <laughs> yeah, but it did pass. And, um, and um, you know, on Thursday and, um, you know, it was uh, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Tim Scott. I think I read that correct. I uh, heard something about it. I went online when I heard it on a news report. Um, the House is going to push it through. Uh, it's amazing. It took all this time, but but that's good news. You know, it, it should be. Well, you know, the, 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 that's the good news. The bad news is, is how will the DOJ uh, implement enforcement of it? Though? Yeah. Yeah. When it comes down to the feds dealing with it. Correct. I agree. Depending on the administration that's in, you know, in this administration, who knows? Definitely. I mean, who knows? All right, man, I'm going to get into the week that was. Lots of stuff. Here we go. Virginia's governor still insists he will not resign over a racist yearbook photo, but he said the state's lieutenant governor would have to step aside if sexual assault allegations against him proved to be true. In an interview with CBS News, Governor Ralph Northam said he has learned from the controversy. We have worked very hard. Uh, we've had a good first year, and and I'm a leader. Uh, I've been in some very difficult situations, life and death situations taking care of sick children. Northam added, Right now, Virginia needs someone that can heal. Uh, there's no better person to do that than a doctor. Northam is a former pediatrician. 
Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar officially entered the 2020 presidential race on Sunday. Klobuchar is the first moderate on the Democratic side to enter the increasingly crowded field. Talks appear to be stalled in an effort to meet a deadline at the end of the week over border security. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is calling a late move by Democrats a stunt. They want a strict cap on the number of illegal immigrants that can be detained at any one time. McConnell says the move is an intentional effort to blow up talks. Don't let them torpedo all of this bipartisan work. This provision would rightly be a total non-starter with the White House. The deadline for both sides to come up with a deal was Monday in order to avoid another government shutdown by this Friday. Democratic lawmaker Ilhan Omar apologized Monday after party leaders condemned her following an anti-Semitic tweet. Omar had been criticized by both Republicans and Democrats for saying that a pro-Israel lobbying group, the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, was paying U.S. politicians to support Israel. President Trump was in El Paso for a pro-border wall rally Monday evening. He had harsh words for the mayor of El Paso, DeMargo, who questions the effectiveness of a border fence. I don't care whether a mayor is a Republican or a Democrat. They're full of crap when they say it hasn't made a big difference. There was a counter rally less than a half mile away led by possible Democratic presidential challenger Beto O'Rourke. We stand for America and we stand against walls. While the dueling rallies were underway in Texas, lawmakers reached a tentative deal late Monday to avoid a second government shutdown. But the big question is, will President Trump sign it? The deal includes about $1.4 billion for border security, much less than the president wants. It's still the biggest question in Washington. Will President Trump sign a border deal that is expected to pass in Congress to avoid another government shutdown? He says he doesn't want to see another shutdown. I don't want to see a shutdown. A shutdown would be a terrible thing. I think a point was made with the last shutdown. People realized how bad the border is, how unsafe the border is. And I think a lot of good points were made, but I don't want to see another one. There's no reason for it. While the president is not committed one way or the other, most political observers believe he will sign the deal. It will actually go to a vote this evening because members of Congress will be attending two funerals for colleagues during the day. Those services are for former Congressman John Dingell of Michigan and Walter Jones of North Carolina. FEMA Director Brock Long is leaving the Trump administration. He has been under investigation for misusing agency vehicles, but was not asked to resign. He agreed to reimburse the agency. And a judge ruled Wednesday that former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort lied to the FBI and violated his plea deal when he gave misleading information to them and special counsel Robert Mueller in the Russia probe. Manafort could now face a longer prison term. The White House says President Trump will sign the spending bill that will keep the government open. He will also declare a national emergency in an effort to get the money he wants for his border wall. In an attempt to bypass Congress to get that money, Mr. Trump will likely trigger a court challenge on constitutional grounds. Amazon says it is pulling out of a deal to build a second headquarters in New York. The decision comes in a statement where the online retailer says it was clear several local politicians didn't want the company there. The Virginia and Nashville Amazon expansions will proceed as planned. 
The United States has a new attorney general. The Senate voted to confirm William Barr for the post by a vote of 54 to 45. Three Democrats joined the Republican majority. Barr returns to the Justice Department almost 28 years after he held the same position. Controversial attorney Michael Avenatti, who handled the Stormy Daniels case, says he has a new R. Kelly sex tape. Avenatti shared the videotape with CNN and says it's from the 1990s and shows Kelly having sex with a 14-year-old girl. He says he also turned the tape over to the Cook County State's Attorney's Office, which handles certain crimes in Chicago. He said he would do it, and he did. Today, President Trump declared a national emergency before signing a budget deal that Congress passed. That deal didn't have the money he wanted for a border wall. We have an invasion of drugs, invasion of gangs, invasion of people, and it's unacceptable. Mr. Trump says this move is necessary. What we really want to do is simple. It's not like it's complicated. It's very simple. We want to stop drugs from coming into our country. There will be legal challenges from Democrats and others who say this sets a bad precedent and that Mr. Trump is going around the authority of Congress to get what he wants. The White House says the emergency declaration will give the president $8 billion. Chicago police say there is no evidence to suggest that the attack on actor Jussie Smollett was a hoax. Two men are now considered suspects. Gloria Schmidt is the attorney representing the men. It's an awful thing what happened to Jussie, uh, but it's not my guy. Schmidt says her clients know Smollett and at least one of them has worked with him on the set of Empire. She adds they are just as shocked as everyone else. In the meantime, the Fox Network felt compelled to issue a statement supporting Smollett and knocking down rumors that this whole incident was staged because the actor was being written off of the show. They say that is not true. Amazing, man. Um, as of um, the podcast, by the way, the um, Chicago police, I don't know, have you heard lately what the Chicago police have said, Rand, regarding Smollett? It, it seems... I just heard, I just saw a headline saying that they think this thing was orchestrated. Yeah. Mike addressed it. So when, uh, you know, at the time of producing the show, uh, the Chicago police were at a point where they um, they basically said um, they they did not believe it was a hoax. But since um, they had interviewed the two guys and actually they were two Nigerian guys um, who uh, the, they are claiming that Smollett paid them um, to actually or to 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 actually beat them up, beat him up. And, and, and it was orchestrated. I think it's something like $3,500 and another $500 was promised uh, because they were, I guess they were leaving the country. Another $500 was promised when they came back to the States. Um, and, you know, man, I, I, I will get, get to that, you know, the, in total in just a few minutes, but I, I hope that's not the case, man. I really hope you know, that this thing was not orchestrated. Uh, I mean, I considering, um, you know, if you take a look at the social media outlets, Twitter and, and the comments on Facebook, how people really uh, stood behind Jesse, uh, I, I really, really am hoping that this is not the case. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, man? Sounds like a plot line out of Empire, man. <laughs> no, that's all I could think about, you know. And, Sounds uh, like some Lee Daniels and them cooked up, man. That's uh, all I got to say, man. Uh, just, this would be, um, it's just not, the timing is not good. I'll just say that. Okay. Moving on, man. Kaepernick settles. Um, 
And uh, thanks to NBC News for this information, man. Uh, Colin Kaepernick has agreed to settle the collusion case against the NFL. Um, and um, he and Eric Reed, his teammate, uh, are both settling. And from what I'm hearing, I had just heard like late last night, uh, the um, the total looks to be like 60 to $80 million settlement. Um, is that for each or for both? Uh, for Kaepernick is what they're saying. Okay. Uh, but I guess in total, um, the, the the settlement, I guess maybe for both of them, could be in the neighborhood of about $100 million when it comes down to it. So, uh, I mean... That's chump change for the NFL, man. Yeah, it is. It's chump change for the owners. But one of the things um, people are uh, referring to to Cap as a sellout because... And... and um, you know, the folks who some of the folks, I'm not saying all the folks, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, LeBron James came out and said, man, look, for all you've gone through, I hope they pay you everything you need to take care of your family. He's had supporters um, in professional sports who have stepped up. Uh, there was one guy, I forgot his name. I think I may have it somewhere, an ex-athlete who came out and um, he called him a sellout. He said, basically, you know, as an activist, no activist wants to settle out of court. They want to take it to court and basically expose the NFL for who they are. In this way, basically, with the uh, there's there's a confidentiality agreement. Um, the, the lawyers can't talk about it. Cap can't talk about it. Eric Reed, no one can talk about the um, uh, the deal. Uh, you know, the, the the everything involved in the settlement. So, um, you know, this this guy who calls, you know, him a settle a sellout is basically saying, um, you know, that by taking that deal, um, it, it, it doesn't provide transparency to the people who supported him. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this conversation goes. Um, I don't even know if, if we're ever going to get an accurate count of how much money was actually uh, paid. Um, all I care about, Rand, I'll be honest, I care about two things. Um, I would like Cap to, one, register to vote. <laughs> That's one. That's all I want out of this. Get registered to vote, man. And number two, become extremely active in going from state to state and get, getting your, um, your, your fans, the people who followed you, the people who stood by you, Get them engaged in the process. That's all I want from him. I mean, I'm, I'm not sitting here hating him uh, or hating on the amount of money that, because, quite frankly, and I'll say this, Ram, that he would not have gotten this amount of money if he were. I mean, now, maybe in total he would have gotten it. But after the injury, he would not have gotten this kind of deal going forward. Um, so this is good for him. This is a win, but I just hope that for the people who follow him, do, do those two things for me, get registered to vote, engage your fans, engage your followers, the people who stood with you and, and, and push at least toward 2020 to, 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 to get momentum going to the polls. That's all I want. That's it. That's my, that's what I want. Go ahead, Ram. Well, I agree with you, man. I mean, in terms of whether he sold out or not, man, I mean, you could you could go down a, a historical list of activists who have been, who've been called sellouts, man. So, you know, I'm I'm not even going I'm not even going to entertain that argument right there, man, because again, well, I don't know the details. Yeah. Uh, 
So um, I do agree with you. He needs to he needs to vote. He needs to get his people engaged. And also, too, I want to see is there going to be something substantive from the NFL regarding this whole collusion thing? Yeah. As it as it impacts the players uh, of all the major leagues, the NFL has is, the players have the least secure financial position in all the major um, leagues out there. So, but but let me ask um, you this, Ryan. Let me ask you this on that point. By him settling, and basically it's a confidential settlement. Does it really give anyone else any leverage to follow suit and fix the league? That's a good question, man. That's a good question, man. I mean, again, because we don't know the extent of the details of the conversations in which led to the settlement. So I really don't know, man. Um, it, it, might, mm-hmm. uh, it might. It might scare the hell out of these guys. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you might get a lot of frivolous um, lawsuits, mm-hmm. fr- frivolous lawsuits. So, you know, in this type of thing, it cuts both ways. You know, it depends on how you want to look at the glass or the water. But I do agree with you, man. He needs to. Um, this settlement would not have happened if it wasn't for the support of the people across the country. Oh, man. I mean, uh, do you I mean, I, uh, I, I wholeheartedly brand, believe in terms that. of how it impacted the shield, yeah. as they call it, of the NFL, the brand and how Roger Goodell right now is a um, if you are a PR guy, he is a nightmare mm-hmm. to manage mm-hmm. uh, because of what is what has occurred. So, um, yeah, I would, you know, he. he I hope that with this money that he gets, that he does something positive with it, whether it's set up a a, a fund or a nonprofit or, or, or actually fund some organizations out there who are trying to do something. Um, to me, that will be uh, that will be worth it for yeah. me if he can do something that that pushes this pushes this forward. I, th- I think visibility is everything. You know what I mean? Um, I think you know, get himself a speech coach. Get him a you know somebody who can uh, uh, instead of him sending out um, his his spokespeople and his minions to speak for him. Um, after this, I mean, I I, I really want to see more of him. Now, I'm not saying I know a lot of folks will say, man, you need to give half that money. No, you know that's his money. That's his you know that's his money. You know he went through it. You know whatever he gets, basically the court has agreed or the court has has ruled that he deserves it. So that that's not for you and I to to judge. It's already been judged. So what I would say is I just I just I just think this brother man, you know, I, I sent a quote out after I saw this on social media, uh, you know, like in Spider-Man, uh, what is it? Uh, great power comes with, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, you know, and and, and he's got a lot of power now. You know, not not to go out and tell people that, of course, he can't go out and and talk about this deal, this confidentiality agreement, but at least his ability to go out and and do some things because the young people, man, really have followed and supported young black youth have have really pushed for Kaepernick big time, you know, and and uh, I just think he could do so much, man, just to 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 get them engaged more in the process. You know, in social justice and in in the political process, you know, I think he could be uh, maybe the lightning rod we need because we're not getting that from the artist. Very few artists, you know, are doing that. You know, so I, I hope he I hope he takes that route. If he if he doesn't, then I'm going to be disappointed. I don't. Th- you think that's asking for too much? 
No, man. No, man. I mean, you know, uh, he when he took that stand, he became the Don Carlos and Tommy Smith of this generation. Absolutely. Muhammad Ali of this generation. So now he now he got to take the ball and run with it and, and give it over to the next next person. And and what is it? Uh, John Carlos and Tommy, they didn't get that kind of money. They they've never been paid. Have they? I mean, for for holding up the fist. No, they were banished, man. They were banished, man. I mean, you look at the money that um, Ali lost during the period that he, um, you know, as a conscientious objector, millions, probably much more, twice, you know, I guess if you compared it uh, to the cost of living from, from the time that Ali was living, much more than this, you know, in terms of what he lost, much, much more. So, right. All right, man, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm not, again, I don't think I'm asking for too much. Register to vote and engage. That's all. And then and then be consistent. So we'll see. Hey, man, I want to play something for you, Rand. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. Uh, I'm going to play a clip. Um, I don't know if you saw Steve and Monique, Steve Harvey. And oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I want to play this clip and I want to I want to talk about it for a minute. I just want to get your thoughts on it. Here we go. Narrative has changed. See, I'm hearing what you're no, saying, baby, and I agree with it when the narrative changes. But if all of y'all said this is the only issue I have with it, baby, when all of y'all said privately to include Oprah. All of y'all said privately, we, I've done nothing wrong. When you tell the truth, you have to deal with the repercussions of the truth. We black out here. We can't come out here and do it any kind of way we want to. Let me, Listen oh, to me, your husband yes. can't be the Sydney that he really is out here. Let me tell you They're something. Not fit, that flexing, Let me we gotta flex something. a different way. We Let out me. here in a game, this the money game. This ain't the black man's game. This ain't the white man's game. It's this is the money, the money game. game. But I, we in the money something. game. And We're you cannot sacrifice game. yourself. The we best are. thing you can do for this poor people is not be brother. one of them. You cannot We're help them We're in the money them game. Home. But let me tell you what the game you is before the money game. Like before the money game, it's called the integrity game. And we've lost the integrity worrying about the money. But more. And wait a minute. If wait I minute. crumble, if you my crumble. children crumble, my grandchildren crumble. I cannot, for the sake of my integrity, stand up here and let everybody that's counting on me crumble so I can make a statement. There are ways to win the war in a different way. We got more right after this. Whew. What are your thoughts, man? You want to go first or you want me to go first? <laughs> well, man, I mean, both, I mean, both of them got good points, man. I mean, but yeah. the, the bottom line is everybody has a different standard for what integrity means to them. Mm. Okay. Yeah, Steve. Steve eloquently explained what his what integrity meant to him, and Monique has a different definition of integrity. Okay, so they can have that circular argument all they want to until they agree to what integrity is, as it relates to them. Steve has some very excellent points. I mean, you know, hey, um, you got to use different strategies in order to win the war at times. Mm -hmm. You got to. I mean, that's just, a, that's, a, that's the way it is. Uh, but I think Monique needs to understand that, yes, she needs to acknowledge that, but she did not alter her approach. Now, you know, when you look at activism, you see it all the time. You have the guy who's a uh, but like, for example, Dr. King had a different approach than, let's say, Reverend Jackson or the late Hosea Williams. They were more in your face. Sometimes you need both. Yeah. 
Okay, it's almost like a good cop, bad cop. But as I'm as I listen to this tape, and I've seen it a couple of times, is that that's where the fundamental issue is with them is that they don't agree to what the what integrity is, because each has their own definition, and because they have their own definition, it it guides them in terms of their actions. Hmm. Okay. That's uh, that's where you stand on it. Yeah, that's why I stand. I mean, both of them have good points, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, 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 agree. I, I hey, I, I, agree I understand where both of them are coming from. I do. I mean, I, I agree. I, I, what, what, what bothered me on this, and 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 maybe, um, you know, as as a ratings bait, um, it was an opportunity to drive audience. Um, is that it aired on on the show? Um, you know, of course, it's great TV. But I, I, I think ultimately more can be done if Steve and Monique, Tyler, Lee and Oprah meet to discuss their their their, their differences. And, and they don't need to do this on TV because um, this should be a conversation uh, among grown folks, you know. And, and that, that's, in my opinion, one of the disappointments in this. And, and interestingly enough, I mean, I've dealt with both of them um, and and I'm not going to go into my feelings, my personal feelings. Um, but but I, I agree with you wholeheartedly in terms of the perception of what integrity is. But but ultimately, I'll say this. Um, um, certain things don't allow you to treat people like shit either. You know, that's not an excuse to treat people. Um, you know, and, and trample on people. And, and that's been going on for a long time among our own, among people of color, uh, how we treat each other. Um, so I, I do believe that this is a conversation that needs to be had behind closed doors. And, and this was just, in my opinion, it was almost, how can you say it? Um, Manipulative. Real housewives, man. It was manipulative. It was manipulative. It looked like um, Andy Cohen. Yes. (laughs) It was was manipulative (laughs) because I could see a white producer behind the scenes saying, oh, yeah, this is great. We're going to, you know, but but what does it do for the community? What does it do for black artists who are struggling? When when I, you know but, I, I had a conversation I this what, week. I hear what you're saying, no, but, man, but let me but but let me say this. Let me, let me let me say this, and I'll, I'll let you I'll let you have it back. You know, I was having a conversation this week. We were talking about Black Hollywood, and and you know, I always go to how black actresses are paid, especially how when you look at what Weinstein did to elevate certain actresses who gave in to him and put them on the Forbes list versus the black actresses who got what wouldn't even show up in the Forbes 100. So, you know, I think, you know, we have to be careful of the puppet masters when it comes down to really, really who's in control. That's what I ask, because, you know, ultimately these guys could come back to Steve either from the syndication or from the radio or from the uh, yeah syndication, including all the game shows and say, look, we don't want to deal with you anymore. You, you, you're too hot. Then where's he going to go? The only place he can go is come back to our people. So that's my only thing. I, I really wish that if, if, if black folks have the power, like Oprah, Lee, Tyler, all the power they say they have, deal with this off, deal with this in a room. 
Get this shit cleaned up. Now, good for her. She's going to Vegas. Uh, she's got a Vegas residency, and I'm happy to hear it. But clean this shit up in a room. <laughs> that was, in my opinion, that was just black on black crime. That's all. And, you know, I'll leave it at that. Go back, man. That's I'm, I'm, I'll throw it back to you. Go ahead. No, man, I was I was going to agree with you, man. This is just downright abuse of power, man. And um, uh, um, 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 allegedly from Daniels, Perry, and um, and Winfrey. Mm -hmm. And um, and I give Monique credit for standing up to them. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, she did not have to go low, uh, you know, in, in her comedy routine about them. Yeah, but but uh, you know what, Rand? Let me let I me do, ask you this: mm -hmm. Who knows what they said to her? You know what I mean? That we don't really know what was said, you know, that caused her to go off like that. But I, I mean, but but go ahead, go ahead and finish. Yeah, I mean, but again, um, you know, you can handle, you know, like they say, as Ti says in one of his songs, you know, don't let fifteen seconds determine the next forty years of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and by going on that on stage rampage. It has impacted her life so far. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because there might have been hope before then. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, in terms of working something out. But, you know, um, I, I know you said you mentioned the producers, but, you know, I fought Steve and, um, and Monique. They knew what they were walking into. Yeah. Oh, They're yeah. grown people. Yeah. They knew. They, they, knew what they, were, they knew what they were walking into. So, you know, if, if they really wanted to, to handle this, to your point, which I, I agree with a thousand percent, they could have met at the house and had this conversation amongst themselves with some brown liquor. Straight up. <laughs> straight up. Straight, straight up. up. Straight I, you up. know they, what? They it's, it's good. It's good TV. It gets people talking. It gets people watching the show and so on and so forth. But but my whole point about it's 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 bigger than Monique and Steve Harvey. It's an industry of folks who are either trying to make it or trying to survive and you know, and then you hear about the, you know, the folks like uh, the Viola Davises or, uh, you know, some of the other black actresses. And you compare the pay to a Melissa. Uh, what's her name? I, I can't even think of her name. Just my Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. M McCarthy, who did have a, a great TV show with um, with her, um, her, her CBS uh, comedy sitcom. So, you know, I'm not saying that they're not, you know, that's not, uh, you know, what they're paying her uh, is not it's not worth it. But but what I am saying is that um, there's there's such a huge um, gap in pay that it's 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 ridiculous. It's laughable, you know. And and that's really what they need to be dealing with when it comes down to you know. Yeah, check, they really check. need to be dealing with that. You're they absolutely need to be right. But at the that. same time, yeah. these entertainers like Steve, Monique, and all the other ones, they have the opportunity to create their own. Mm -hmm. They do. And by creating their own, because as the guy from Shea Moisture says, until you own your culture, you don't own nothing. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's what these guys, Steve is making a heck of a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But until he's like Tyler, you know, has his own studio, has his own network, he's just talent, man. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. And, you know, and, yeah, and, and I hate to say it, you know, majority of us, when we watch TV, we're looking at talent. That's all we're looking at. Talent. We're not looking at the owners. Nope, not at all. And that's how you change it. I mean, you know, these guys, I mean, BET, you know, I was watching, uh, was it the Boondocks? Oh, and yeah. How, 
Yeah. Eight years ago, man, they did an article. They did a segment on BET, man. <laughs> that was so pro. That was so yeah. prophetic. Then they did yeah. one on Donald Trump becoming president. Yes, they did. So they, you know, they did the uh, the the R. Kelly episode. Yes, it was so <laughs> prophetic, man. I mean, so yeah, you know, man. we have uh, these individuals, and I'm going to put the athletes in it too. With the amount of money they're making. They have a chance to really become wealth, develop mm-hmm. wealth. Yeah. But, you know, until they make that change themselves, this is this is what we're going to have to deal with. And I hate to see this uh, uh, front porch argument. That's what it would look like to me. It looked like two people on the street, front porch arguing, a brother and a sister arguing over some stuff and everybody in the neighborhood watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, man, I'm going to move on. CNN has the... Um Avenatti tape of R. Kelly, and and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. I'm I'm, I'm just reporting it as news. Um, it looks like the tape is of a 14 year old girl. Um, it it came to Avenatti from a guy who used to be in the camp of R. Kelly, and basically, um, it looks like Avenatti is protecting this whistleblower. Um, he's protecting him and, and representing him as his attorney. So um, they've turned this over to um, Cook, uh, the, the Cook County um, State Attorney's Office in Chicago, and CNN has a copy of it. So this could really spell an indictment. I'm probably guessing that within the week, definitely by the end of the month, R. Kelly's going to be indicted. Yeah, so that's going to that's gonna come to fruition. We'll We'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll follow it. Um, the Justice Smollett thing, um, again, um, we're in the midst of, as, as this podcast uh, airs, um, investigations are, are underway to determine, to actually determine if um, these two guys were paid. $3,500, two Nigerian guys, brothers, who um, claim that Smollett knows them. And one of the guys used to actually work on the Empire set. And uh, it's just going to be interesting, man. I, I, I sincerely hope for the communities of color, uh, for the LGBTQ community, that his, um, his statements are supported. Smollett's statements are supported. Um, but uh, I know Smollett's attorney has come out and refuted all the charges um, that this thing was staged. Um, but uh, it looks like the court of public opinion has really swayed away from Jesse. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Any any thoughts before we move on? No, man, no. Gotcha. Okay. On another note, and not a lighter note by far, but Payless Shoes. Can you believe Payless Shoes? 60 years plus is closing, man. 2,100 stores. Uh, in the U.S., um, looks like uh, 18,000 employees worldwide. And for y'all bargain hunters, by the way, the uh, liquidation sale starts today. <laughs> so, <laughs> did you did you did your parents make you wear Payless growing up? Nah, nah, <laughs> you got Nike and Chuck Taylor. I had Chuck Taylor. I got Nikes late in life, but uh, I had Chuck Taylors. But, you know, this is just systemic of what's happening in the retail environment, man. I mean, you yeah, know, everyone, 
you know, you're talking about a national emergency. This is the national emergency, man. You look at the mm -hmm. number of retail jobs that are being lost, man. Yeah, I agree. Like I say, it's, it's, it's not... It's not Latinos in short pants and flip flops. <laughs> Come on, um, yeah, absolutely. Asking for asylum. Right. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, this is what you're seeing, man. I mean, you know, you you're losing more jobs in retail than coal ever had jobs. Oh, retail you know? is being decimated. And then, then you then you're losing manufacturing jobs, and, and people don't understand when these stores close down, it impacts the mall. Mm -hmm. That means other stores are probably going to close down. The store traffic. That means the, the employees. Not only the employees of the individual retail shops, but also the employees of the mall, yeah. the security people, all the maintenance people, they lose jobs. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The, the the stores around the mall that surround the mall impacted because store traffic is down. If people not come into the mall, that means people may not come to their little restaurant or whatever it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. And most of the Payless stores are in the hood. The majority of them. Yeah. They're, they're in black yeah. communities. So when you talk about 2,100 stores closing... Those are 2,100 stores in your neighborhood, in the black communities. And and when those stores close, in many cases, you know the deal, Rand. Nobody, what moves into it? For it, in, in many cases, it stays abandoned for a while. Uh, or, an, uh, or another um, Asian hair place, you know, <laughs> selling, us, selling us hair, that type of stuff. Or another chicken wing place. That's it. And, and, and when you talk about turnover... You know, in those locations, at least Payless was that consistency. Um, it was consistency to the property owners, to the land, you know, the the the, the landlords. Um, you know, taxes paid into those communities. Uh, it, it has more impact, but you know, of course, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is systemic of of just modern well, and, day. And also, too, they're in our community. not just Amazon, but it's just you know the the model. People mention Amazon, right. but it's more about the model that they created, not necessarily Amazon individually as a company. But go ahead. Right. But also, to remember, Payless provided a service for working class families. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, reasonably priced shoes. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, many of these families, they can't afford, you know, the latest Nike drop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Um you got people out there. I mean, again, employment numbers, as I always say, are, are are so misleading because how they calculate employment versus unemployment is 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 a mystery in itself. But there are so many working class people out there who are working two and three jobs, and a pay less is a godsend for them in terms of mm -hmm. providing you know footwear for them and their families. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, as someone put it, a whole lot of, uh, what is it, weddings and Easter. <laughs> uh, you know, the folks uh, going to weddings and going to, you know, Easter services are, are going to have to get a new route because uh, Payless is... And back and back to school, too. And back to school, too. It looks like uh, they're going to be closed, uh, open at least until March. Most of them, um, some will be closing by March, and the majority are actually going to close by May. So... Um, Maybe until the end of May, they'll be out. And they'll see, and employees are already losing their jobs because what happens is when they when they start this liquidation stuff, they start working with a skeleton staff. Oh, absolutely. Or they turn it over to a liquidation company, basically. Right. They turn right. it over so to it's, a new company. So these people, I mean, the stores might be open, but these people have lost their jobs. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, they, they do that all the time. They'll bring a liquidation company in from out of the state to just come in and, and, and just get rid of the merchandise. 
and they're going to go all the way down to the shelves and, you know, the lighting, everything that they can sell. So we'll see. All right, man. Um, just 2020 watch real quick. No, no big uh, folks jumped into the pool, but uh, there was a Republican. I don't know if you're familiar with Bill Weld. He was the former governor of Massachusetts. Uh, he's uh, jumping in on the Republican side. So um, he's doing an exploratory committee. So, um, you know, but no other, uh, no one else has declared or talked about an exploratory committee. So it's just Bill Weld, if you care, on the Republican side. All right, man, in the White House, um, are you watching the clips of this uh, FBI uh, Deputy Director Andrew McCabe? I've heard some of the clips, minutes, man. man. I've heard some of the clips, man. And, you know, uh, the gas sounds credible to me, man. You know, I can't, um, but it's, it's just mind boggling mm -hmm. if this stuff is true, yeah. that this is going on in our White House and our Congress and Senate are just sitting on their hands. Let me ask you, man, because we've talked about this before and this came up, you know, Stephanie Rule on MSNBC. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She said something that was interesting because I heard Lindsey Graham today talking about the fact that we need to investigate. I'm like, OK, cool. He's going to investigate. But you know what he wants to investigate? He wants to investigate the FBI. He doesn't, you know, but but Stephanie Rule said something a couple back in um, may have been about a month ago. She said she thinks that Lindsey Graham might be compromised. And I thought about it. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> what I mean by that is she thinks that he might be blackmailed because he might be someone. It, may, hey, everybody know. says he's gay. Well, yeah, that's been that even back when he was running for, you know, 2016, when he was running for the Republican seat, the Republican, uh, the presidential candidate opportunity. You think yeah. he might be a little R. Kelly man, little young boys or something? I go say that, man. I retract that statement. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. I will say this, that more and more people are saying and they're, what they're doing is they're comparing everything he said about Trump up until Trump getting into office. And when you compare his statements as- Oh, it's night and day, man. It's night and day. Night and day. I remember Side that. I remember he, he said in one of the primaries, he said the Republican Party is going, is going to ape shit over this thing, this guy right here. Side by side, the statement. And he is right now 45's biggest supporter. So I'm I not saw an interesting cartoon with him. Really? Okay. And uh, the <laughs> cartoon had in one caption, uh, Trump giving out um, signals to a dog, you know, sit, stand, that type of stuff. Yeah. And then the next captions, you see both uh, Lindsey Graham and, and uh, McConnell rolling over. Yeah. So apparently, you know, because of this CBS thing and, and how uh, fervent, how, how uh, dedicated this sudden dedication Graham has to now want to investigate McCabe, you know, it's it's night and day. Um, and, and that's why people are, are pointing to some of these journalists who are saying there might be um, a dossier um, on, um, on Graham. There may be a Graham dossier that no one knows about. And I think when you're when you're, you know, in politics and, you know, most of these guys have. You know, uh, when, when we talk about what do they call it when we do the um, 
man, what is it when they go out and they do the um, the studies, uh, the research, opposition research? Okay, when you do opposition research, you find out stuff on your opponent, and there may be some things that forty five has on him that he shared, and maybe he doesn't want to go there. But I'll leave it at that. Uh, what do you think about the national emergency speech? Any any thoughts on that? Um, quite honestly, <laughs> I probably saw 30 seconds of it. Um, yeah. He did not build a case for an emergency. It became a campaign rally. Yes. But when he made a comment like, you know, I didn't have to do this. <sighs> like, OK, buddy, you just set yourself up for a lawsuit right now. Yes, he did. Because you are the gift he keeps giving. Yep. Yep. He he provides his own sound bites for court. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he, yeah. Um, you know, what's interesting is that uh, he was on El Paso. El Paso is not really a border town, per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, El Paso doesn't have problems. And why are you going to go to El Paso when Beto O'Rourke is already a superstar that he's holding <laughs> know, a rally half, about a half quarter of a mile away from you? Thousands of folks. And his, and his crowd was probably your size, even a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, so... Uh, you know, man, this is this national emergency thing is is you know it was what's ironic, Tommy, is that a shooting happened when he was doing the speech, giving mm-hmm. the speech. Absolutely, yep. And that's the national emergency. That right is there. the emergency. That's all I could think about the mass shootings. We, I mean, this is on the same week as the Parkland um, anniversary of, of of the Parkland shooting, and then we have another mass shooting the same week. That's not an emergency. Right. I right. agree with and then, you. Then he flies off to Palm Beach. Oh, yeah. The it's such an emergency. You flying off to Palm Beach. Next day, he's on the golf course. That, that next morning, he did a brunch and played golf all day. The sat- Yeah. The Saturday, yeah. So, you know, just yeah. nine things that came out of it, man. The lie, one lie. Uh, border wall is necessary to curb illegal drug trade. Um, false. I mean, Politico and NBC News just picked the whole speech apart. From that, uh, it, uh, he said it was a lie to say drugs come through ports of entry. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing is, it says it's, it's Trump who has his facts wrong. Uh, the government reports have repeatedly shown that illegal drugs primary, primarily enter the country through ports of entry. Uh, walls work 100 percent, which is a lie. Um, you know, uh, violence in El Paso was 100 percent better is what he said in the speech uh, after the wall went up. Um, and, by, and and the stats show that violent crime has been dropping in El Paso uh, since 1993 and is at historic lows. Uh, U.S. is being invaded. False. Uh, illegal border crossings have been dropping for years. Um, just just, you know. And, and you know what, Rand, it's almost like people, the, the word of 2018 should have been base because, <laughs> you know what I mean? As much as people talk about, quote unquote, the base, um, I don't even think it's about the base anymore. I think it's about him knowing that if he, yeah, if he can, if he maintains that base, he's going to get help from other places, which, you know, is going to be. The manipulation. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is um, this is a political stunt that he, that that is just keep going and going and going. It has not stopped. Mm. 
But it's an interesting I mean, article, a, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is a political stunt. I mean, it, this is all about knowing that this is going to be a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just got to show my base I'm trying. Yeah. And, and basically, all I have to do. it's, it's in, in saving sa- face. Saving face. And the sad thing is most of his base, mm-hmm. they don't even live near these border towns. Nope. Absolutely not. You got people in Des Moines, Iowa, talking about an invasion. <laughs> hmm. That's you amazing. Know, people in Kansas, you know, it's 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 just ridiculous because when they talk to the people on the on the on the the cities on the border, yes, there's a drug problem, but they're saying these guys are coming. These guys are coming straight through the fence, mm-hmm. straight through the gates. Yeah. And many of the, as, as you and I both know, man, many of the drugs are opiate. It's opiate addiction. Yeah. Um, that that is is basically. You know, as you it's said, in New Jersey, man, it's an apartment <laughs> in New Jersey and, you and, know, it's and in Florida meth, and meth, which is, you know, basically created within. I mean, it, it's what meth is, is, is actually um, manufactured and produced, you know, within within these cities. In, in a suburban neighborhood, labs. you pick any pick any neighborhood, suburban neighborhood. Yeah. Wow. Hey man, a um, couple of one thing uh, I do want to mention. Um, of course, we had the um, this is the anniversary week for Parkland, and um, really interesting article. I'll make sure I post it on the um, on the podcast page uh, that says gun laws since Parkland have changed significantly, but only in certain states. And just kudos to California, man, which is not surprising. California is liberal; it, it pretty much always leads the, the way. Um, some of the things that they did, they raised the minimum age from, uh, for buying rifles and shotguns from 18 to 21, uh, required eight hours of gun safety training for concealed carry permit applications, and they instituted a lifetime ban on gun purchases for people convicted of domestic violence and also for anyone who has been involuntary hospitalized for mental health reasons twice in a year. Now, that makes sense. In my opinion, I think that's reasonable. Now, California... I- is the good child. Alabama, Arizona, and Louisiana, I don't know what's going on. Alabama, uh, which I didn't know this, maybe maybe you did, but according to the CDC, Alabama has the highest rate of gun deaths in the country. <laughs> did you wow. know that? No, that's new to me, man. And you know how they responded to Parkland? <laughs> Tell me, man. They banned sheriffs from putting restrictions on pistol permits and and base and also allowed retired law enforcement officers to carry guns in some places where they'd be prohibited, including and that was from the Associated Press. Okay, Arizona exempted all state and federal law enforcement officers from existing restrictions on gun possession Uh, and Louisiana passed a law explicitly allowing concealed carry permit holders to have guns within a thousand feet of schools. That's how they responded. So, you know, I'll make sure I have that article on the podcast page. You you know, sometimes you you just can't respond to stupidity. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, um, but that's the will of the people, man, because they voted these people in there to do this stuff. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Um, another quick thing, man, just a little extra credit. I don't know if you heard, uh, there's a, 
um, the Republican head of Health, Education and Labor and Pensions Committee is pushing for a new law that would require employers to deduct federal student loan payments from workers' paychecks. Okay. And basically it would require borrower, the, the borrowers to choose between having 10, 10% of their income taken out of their checks or deducted over a decade. Can you believe that? You know, I, I, I believe that it should be an option and the borrower should have the right to decide if they want to do that. Yeah. You know, but right I now, they're like 14 the fact repayment is plans. 14 they're thinking of a mechanism yeah. that they can actually help because, again, it will help these individuals even with their credit because yeah. if the payments are being deducted, it helps their credit so they mm -hmm. can get loans and stuff. But I believe the borrower should have, just like any other payroll deduction, you you should have the option to choose mm -hmm. yeah. whether you want to do it or not. Well, they're making this involuntary, basically. You have two, you'll have two choices taking 10% out of income, paychecks, or, or deducted over a decade. Now, uh, consumer advocate, advocates are saying that the new plan could force people to basically move money from things like food and rent. You know, and and, and, and you know what, Rain, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it because it basically it's a, it's a damn a full show. We could talk about it. Um, but I, I think there is some responsibility on the schools. Uh, even, I mean, we, we, we bash for-profit but even the nonprofit entities have to understand that if these kids are spending thousands and thousands, what tens of thousands of dollars annually to go to go to their school, then these degrees they get need to be in line with career opportunities. Okay, not just don't just take that money. And I know it's a choice. Now, if you're a rich kid and you can go. But but, you know, I, th I think there has to be some some type of oversight in terms of your degree choice. And I hate to say that I don't want to take that away from people. But but there's some kids, you know, you, you you jump into these careers and I mean, you jump into these degree choices that really aren't going to sustain you based on the amount of money you spent for that school. And right. um, I agree with you. And, and more scrutiny has to be on the for profits continued. But it looks like Betsy DeVos doesn't want that. Um, but but I, I'm not just putting all the pressure on the for-profit schools. I think the for-profit schools have to be aware of it, but the nonprofits need to be as equally accountable. You know. Well, I mean, there. I mean, remember, there's still more people to go to nonprofit than to go to for-profit. Oh yeah. And uh, and I do agree with you, man. I, I believe that the uh, the schools a should figure out how to keep the cost down. Yeah, absolutely. They they need to figure out how they need to keep the cost down. Mm -hmm. they, they need to figure that out. Uh, I do believe that many colleges need to really uh, reinvent themselves. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, I agree. Um, I think there are majors out there, quite honestly. Uh, we need to ask ourselves, do we need more philosophy majors out there? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, really. And I think some of the colleges out there should start looking at themselves saying, hey, we probably could be a hybrid college slash technical trade school hmm. where kids can get degrees, certificates, and get jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, you figure out, they call it stackable degrees, you know, associate's degrees, bachelor's degrees, and certificates. And there should be some type of way where kids 
when they major in something, that that kid has to leave school. Mm-hmm. That kid at least has a certificate in something, uh, a, a skill that he can actually earn money. And, and there's some there's some state schools that have partnerships with the tech schools that are in some states. You know where where they um, they partner with the technical schools on, on certain you know medical you know nursing might have an aspect that allows what you just said, a certificate to do something that may not may not actually be a degreed program. But I agree. I mean, I, I, I think that, um, you know, that only makes sense. I think ultimately it, it's going to come down to the value of these degrees. I think that I, I think the degrees are just way overpriced. It's just ridiculous, you know. Um, but but anyway, man, I'm, I'm going to say this, um, you know, if you know, you have kids who are on that track or in that track or or if you're personally struggling, you need to call your senator. You need to start making phone calls um, on the local level, you know, contact whoever's representing you, your senator, your congressman, your local elected officials if, and let them know that, you know, if you don't agree with this, you need to let it be known because it's going to happen. And I think it's going to they're going to slip it under the radar. And all of a sudden, um, you know, it is going to be a situation where it's almost like uh, what do you call it? Um, servitude. Um, what was the, what's what's the uh, post slavery term? Involuntary like, servitude. Like, like, <laughs> you know, it comes almost like being sharecropping or something like that. Yeah, yeah, damn. You know, an indentured servant. Man. Indent- I mean, because you know, if they're going to do this, if they decide they want to do this, there needs to be an uh, uh, income level that's acceptable. Yes. You know, you, you, you know, you, this only works if you're making forty thousand dollars or more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, like, Absolutely. I, I mean, I, again, I'm throwing out a, a, a number, but for the individuals out there who are making fifteen to twenty and thirty thousand dollars, ten percent is huge. Yeah, it is. It is. All right, man. What you got, man? You know, we've gone through so much today, man. It's just really boggled my brain, man. But it, it, it boils down to you know, individuals. We have to we have to start making choices. There's so many issues that are coming toward us today. Uh, you know, listening to Mike, that was what, 14 points or 15 points he went through. It's just mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, All relevant. And just like, we, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so what happens is you can't attack everything. Mm-hmm. Find the one or two things that mean the most to you mm-hmm. and, and call up your Senator, call up your representative, call up your, your local, your local um, state Senator, uh, uh, a city council member, et cetera, and start focusing on those things and find individuals who have the same beliefs as you do. So then you can start leveraging your power together mm-hmm. because it's just too much right now. It is just too much. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you know, I get to the point now I can't even listen to a 45 talk. No, no uh, I agree. Because it's, it, it's, uh, and, and then his minions out there. I, I just, you know, the, the, the fact is that we are allowing this to happen. So now I've decided to to become more active calling up my congressman and my senator, mm-hmm. letting them know how I feel about certain things yeah. and, and finding other individuals, too, who feel the same way. Because I can't just sit here and listen. I have to do something. Well, you, you have to know, Rand, the point. You have you don't have to be, um, you know, uh, a pundit with talking points, but you need to at least be a it's more of an awareness thing. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, I think that's where the, the awareness and then you choose. OK, what am I going? What am I going to focus in on? You know, because because I agree with you. It, it's it's a tsunami. 
you know, and, and probably a tsunami by design as, as all these other things are going on that you don't hear about. You know, it, it was interesting just seeing Stephen Miller. I just something about that guy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something man. about I know him. one thing we didn't. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, one thing we didn't talk about this was the Amazon headquarters movement. Man. Yeah, wait. And, um, go ahead. Go ahead. And I think right now there's a lot of misinformation being put out there about this whole thing. Well, let me let me ask um, you what, what do you what do you feel about the move well you know one of the things is i hate to say this when amazon comes into a community mm -hmm. the poor people in those communities do not benefit mm. they don't benefit it's like when a starbucks comes in the poor people don't benefit gentrification has started and so when they were talking about all these jobs that are going to be created and then in i'm saying okay new york is a city of people of color but i ask myself how many people of my color would really benefit from Amazon going there. And this was technically what, Long Island? Yeah, right. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to, but at the same time, the the opponents for Amazon coming in need to understand, New York City does not have $3 billion in cash sitting around where they can just go and invest in infrastructure and, and pay more teachers. Mm -hmm. This $3 billion that they were going to get is through the taxes. Yeah. So they could do that. So again, it's, it's one of these types of things where there's a lot of facts being thrown out, but the way the facts are being used are being used to support arguments as opposed to saying, okay, let's, let's look at this from a very pragmatic point of view. What is really happening right here? Hmm. And again, I just feel that, uh, uh, you know, it's like, you know, the, the, one of the worst things, you know, Amazon, the cousin that lives in Seattle is telling me, he said, man, Amazon has screwed up everything out there. Hmm. It's just so expensive. Yeah, probably and then what you, the you don't see people of color benefiting from Amazon hmm. in these op in these occupations. And well, they have a high. I hate this, they have a high um, uh, uh, unemployment of internationals who they bring in over here. Yeah, you know, is Amazon? Are they going to invest in the schools so that we so more kids from that area could could, could work there? I doubt it. Hmm. Yeah, most of the, well, I'm not saying most, but there's a, a fairly high percentage who are on visas working um, for, right. these, for these tech companies. Yeah, agreed. Well, you know, um, AOC was not for it, you know, so AOC was celebrating. And, and, and you know, my, I, I, had, I had my debate with uh, Millennial. I said, well, you know, I will say this. Um, if it goes into a nowhere zone where basically, you know, not, and what I mean by that is if they decide on a city that's been decimated, there's more opportunity there. But when you go into a city that probably, that definitely New York, that area is more vibrant, there's more opportunity that already exists, then it, it does create problems. And, and I think AOC had a point when it came down to that area that, you know, well, do, you, do we really need this? But there's some cities that really need to be taken over. Do you know what I mean? Because there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, why couldn't Amazon go to the Rust Belt? Yeah. West Virginia. Where there's Places nothing. like that. Where... Yeah. You know, so in, instead of going where, um, where, where, where it's more glamorous. I agree. Anything else on that? You got? Nah, man. 
Yeah, but good point. Good, good point. We'll see how it how it shakes out. I, I would have heard. I guess they're going to continue with Nashville uh, and one other build out that they chose. But in uh, Virginia, they're yeah. going to uh, continue the expansion of those markets right there. Yeah, yeah. All right, y'all go to castropolis.net, um, C-A-S-T-R-O-P-O-L-I-S.net. All all things um, GP3 and our other podcast are there. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Um, even when you go to Instagram, our Instagram, the Instagram bio link, uh, there's a place where you can stream. And remember on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Podbean, TuneIn Radio, just search GP3. Uh, support us on Patreon. Uh, the links on the IG page and, um, you know, basically on the podcast platform as well. You can go click that on Twitter. You can follow us at homies GP three. Okay. So you can check us out there. The newsletter is out. It is on the IG page as well. Um, you know, as, um, on the stories, you can see it on the, on the uh, Twitter page as well. So ran, Hey man, made it through another week, bro. It's an interesting Black History Month. I was saying we need to do a seance with Carter G. Woodson and, and try to see if we can move Black History Month <laughs> to, a, to a bigger month. <laughs> uh, New Jersey, man. It, it, uh, eight, a 12-month thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, New, who's, who's doing it? New Jersey? Yeah, in the schools. They're making it. It's a 12-month thing. Well, good. I mean, it's always, for us, for this show, like you said, it's 365, so it's all good. Hey, man, with that said, round number 123 is in the can. Rand, you have a great week, man. And everybody else have a great week. And we are out of here. It's in the can. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect by email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail, 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap SBDG, graphics Lady J. Thanks for listening.